About a year ago, my wife Ainsley came into the room with a shocked look on her face. I could tell something was wrong. She showed me her phone and asked, Did you see this? Apparently, my hairstylist from ten years ago killed his ex-wife's new husband. He found out the guy was home alone with his kids, so he went over to their house and shot him. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I knew the guy. It happened in the same neighborhood where Ainsley and I used to live. But there's another reason it shocked me so much. I really liked the guy. He was stylish and hip. We always had great conversations whenever I went to see him. He used to be a successful entrepreneur, but he decided to take a break from the startup grind to cut hair for a while. And he was really good at it. He never used those electric clippers like most barbers do. Instead, he used these expensive Japanese shears that he rolled and unrolled in leather. I always came away from there feeling like a million bucks. Plus, he gave me a friends and family discount. How could you not like the guy? But never in a million years did I think he'd turn out to be a murderer. I mean, the guy ran his fingers through my hair for three years. That's not the only time I befriended a criminal. About seven years ago, I moved to Virginia and became friends with a minister at a local church. He was around the same age as me, but single, never married. We struck up a friendship because while he was a minister by day, he was an entrepreneur on the side, and I really like people with a side hustle. So we got together at Cracker Barrel every month to catch up. Well, one day, I got an email from someone asking me if I'd seen the news lately. That's never a good sign. Sure enough, a few years earlier, my new friend had invited some youth group kids over to his house, and he had done some inappropriate things with one of them. One of the kids finally talked, and the word got out. So the church fired my friend, he was arrested, and sentenced to seven years in prison. When he gets out of jail in a few years, He'll have to change his profession, move to a different city, and register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. It's not that I regret those friendships, but it did make me wonder, what's wrong with my judgment? Why didn't I pick up on any character flaws or fault lines in their moral compass? I think the answer lies in a concept called the broken windows theory. It basically says that little offenses can lead to larger ones unless you do something about them. The New York City Police Department used this principle to great success by cracking down on little things like graffiti and vandalism so that larger crimes like murder and robbery wouldn't happen. It started back in 1969 when a Stanford University professor named Philip Zimbardo parked an abandoned car with its hood up in a nice neighborhood in Palo Alto, California. The car sat untouched for more than a week until Philip finally came up and smashed one of the windows with a sledgehammer and then walked away. Soon after, people began joining in on the destruction. By the end of the week, the car was stripped bare. What's remarkable is that most of the vandals were observed to be well-dressed, clean-cut, Caucasian individuals. But one broken window caused a chain reaction of destruction. I have some personal experience with this. 
Whenever I fail to cut my grass every week in the summertime, I tend to find large mounds of feces in my yard from negligent dog walkers. But when I cut the grass regularly, they respect my lawn. But let me get real with you for a minute. About a year ago, I had a personal crisis of my own. I had suffered some setbacks over the past few years as an entrepreneur, and no matter what success I experienced, I couldn't shake the feeling that my choices really didn't matter. So I let some cracks in my character go unrepaired. I didn't commit any crimes, but I disregarded some things that mattered most. I woke up one day and realized the car had been stripped bare. I have a feeling that's what happened to my friends. They didn't suddenly decide to commit some heinous act. It happened gradually, like a thousand tiny cracks, until it all finally gave way. I've come to realize that the most important thing I can do is admit I'm wrong in all the little areas that could potentially give way to the one devastating thing. And it's not just my character, it's my creative life whether I choose to write one day or surf the internet. It's my personal health, whether I choose to work out and eat right or act like it doesn't matter. All of it reflects on the vision I have for my life and whether I have any hope on the inside. A few years ago, I invited the author Jonah Lair to speak at one of my conferences. He had just been lampooned for making up quotes and plagiarizing himself in his works to keep his literary career afloat. Well, he was fired from all the magazines that he wrote for, his books were yanked from store shelves, and he was forced to start all over again. I invited him to speak at my event because I knew his talent wasn't lost with the scandal. But even more, I wanted to offer him grace. I wanted him to know that all of us are criminals in one way or another, and that it's never too late to start again.